0: You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit CrosspointChurchTX.org. Well, hey, we start a new series entitled The Way of Wisdom and, uh, one of the things about Jesus' teaching was he would offer all the time, whenever he was teaching, it would be on the one hand this or on the other hand this. And that's very good rabbinical teaching of the day. And so as we read through scripture, that's not something that we as Westerners kind of have an idea of how they thought sometimes back in the day. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be thinking about life and decisions in the way that Jesus would have presented it, and today, as uh, so we begin this new series entitled "The Way of Wisdom," and so today we're actually going to start in Proverbs, and Proverbs is one of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. So you have Psalms, Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes are the ones, the main ones there, and so we're going to be looking at several different passages today out of Proverbs, and we'll start in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 2, and end up at verse 12, and and journey a whole bunch of different places in between, and so. This morning, I'm going to get you warmed up on this idea of, on the one hand, this, or on the other hand, this. Okay, are you ready? So, on the one hand, you have the 49ers. On the one hand, you have the Chiefs. Amen, right? I mean, the Chiefs are actually the Dallas Texans. Don't tell them that, but they really are. Okay? Sorry, Houston Texans. You're not original. Um, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, Patrick Mahomes, White House, Texas, um, Usher, Taylor Swift, which one's going to perform better? Uh, anyway, so you can see that this, and so here this morning we're thinking about this idea of on the one hand, here's a decision, the way of the fool, or on the other hand, the way of the wise, which will discover that the only way that we can have true wisdom is to be in relationship with the source of wisdom and the source of truth, which is God the Father through Jesus. And so we're going to talk about today, we're kind of in some ways, we're pulling back the curtain on some of the things that you have access to as a follower of Jesus, that you have, you have access to a source of wisdom and truth that the rest of the world doesn't have because they have not said yes to Jesus. And so this morning, we're kind of pulling our curtain back on that. And um, we're going to be thinking about this idea over the next few weeks as you kind of come to a decision this way or that way. And um, what I want you to get is this. is There's a principle of path. And it's this. It says this. The destination, not the intention, determines your destination. All right? So direction. Did I say destination? I messed it up again. Direction, not intention. It's up there. Not intention determines your destination. In other words, when you now, we have these newfangled things where you can Apple Maps or Google Maps, and you can put in your end destination, right? And even now, you can along the way say, hey, I want to make a stop here. I want to make a stop there. But you still have your final destination, and it will direct you. And whenever you even mess up and take a wrong turn, it even says rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. Maybe you've heard this phrase, the path to hell is paved with... Good intentions, right? So it's not matter where you're intending to go; it's actually where you've set the destination for where you want to go, and that will determine your direction on where you're going to go. Even recently, well, actually not too recent. A couple of years ago, when Becky and I were newly married, um, so it's at least four years ago, um, I was I was actually being ordained at my home church in South Texas. And um, I was pastoring a small church in Hamilton, Texas. There was on a really good Sunday at our church, Trinity Baptist Church in Hamilton, Texas, on a really good Sunday, there were 12 of us. All right, I was finishing up school, and um, our piano player was Lola, and Lola was 92. And so on the way in, we would call Lola. This is before cell phones. So before, it's an hour and a half drive one way. And so we would call, hey, Lola, how you feeling? I'm good, Pastor. I'm, I'm loosened up. I can play today. And so we would pick up Lola and go to church. And so my church wanted me to be ordained and all the different things. And so my home church did it. And But they did it on a Sunday night, and I had to be somewhere early Monday morning. And so that meant we had to go home. I had to do all this different stuff. And so we drove part of the way back, and it was getting late. And I looked at Becky, and I was like, hey, I'm going to have to drive tomorrow. Can you drive for a little bit? And she said yes. And... um Somewhere in the middle of all that, in the middle of the night, I heard, oh, wow, whoa, wow, ooh, ah. And so I was like, in my, in my head, you know that little fogginess of sleep that you're kind of coming out of? You're like, I don't remember this route having that many oohs and ahs and wows before. And so um, I peeked, and I'm like, why are we wowing and oohing? And she showed me, she's like, look at all the deer. And so it happened to also be the last night of deer season had ended, and apparently they knew at midnight. We were still driving past midnight, and they'd gotten a little telegram or whatever, the deer, and there were bucks and does and all the little other things that you call them everywhere. We stopped counting at 500. And so we were in the hill country, and we were driving. Well, the problem is that that was ooh and wows, and that's cool, and God provided that experience. But if we had been actually going the correct route to our destination, we would not have seen that. Um, somewhere in Luling where there should have been a right, there was a left or a straight or something. And we were like way away from where we should have been going. And, uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. And so what we love now is GPS is that you can put the little route in there and you know that you know that you know that that you're going the right direction because they will reroute you. Do you know that God gives us destinations and he's given us a route to take? And he's put inside of us a GPS coordinates. And so that he screams at us wrong direction, wrong direction, wrong path, wrong decision, stop, don't go that way. Danger signs, red flags. And so, too many times in our own wisdom and our own understanding, we hear rerouting, 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 and we think we're making a right decision when in reality, we're going the complete opposite wrong way. And so this morning, that's what I want us to think about, is how God gives us paths to go. And he wants us to make a decision many times between good and gooder. But what does it mean for us to take the path of the fool? And what does it mean for us to take the path of the wise person? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 2, says it this way. Those who follow the right path fear the Lord. Now, this idea of fear the Lord is that you have a relationship with, you, you have reverence and awe Of him out of a relationship and those who take the wrong path despise him So the beginning part of this is to have a the wise way or the foolish ways The wise one has established a relationship with god The father has established a relationship with the creator And so therefore out of reverence and awe they listen to him and he guides their path He whispers to them and guides their path but then others that choose the foolish way They hear maybe hear and they're like nope. I don't want to do that and so they kind of see the red flags, they see the stuff, but they choose to go in their own way. Proverbs 1.7 says it this way. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So then how do we know what a fool's way is? I'm going to talk to you about a couple of things. One is you can see foolishness through people's speech. You can th- see foolishness through people's behavior. And through those two things, you see their life results because of their foolishness. And I think it'll be very, very evident to you as you see it, as we read some of the scriptures together. So what is the fool's way? The fool's way is I'm going to give you some words and all of these words are synonyms. So if you read in your Bibles, these words will sound something like simple, gullible, foolish, some of those kind of things. And so we're going to kind of break some of those words down. So the first word I want you to get is "casil," and "casil" is literally, it means a way of life. A life not based upon revealed knowledge. It's a lack of reverence for God or someone that's even resistant to God. Another word is Nabal. Nabal is arrogant. Um, Someone who has arrogant lips, they're self-exalting. And even to the point that they plan evil for others so they can exalt themselves. Here's another word. It kind of looks like evil, doesn't it? But it's will. And it means their ways seem right to them, even though they've received wise counsel to the opposite. So, in other words, they receive wise counsel, but they're just going to continue down their own path. And you can almost see like they pursue evil um, in that way. And then also this word, um, it's almost French. Lace, all the ladies are like, I know how to say that word, lace. Say it with me, lace. All right, it's not that kind of lace. All right, lace is a mocker. Someone who's cynical, someone who's arrogant, someone who's non-correctable. So you can see that these are all synonyms and these are all these words that together you see the fullness from these wisdom documents, the wisdom books of what a fool is. A fool is someone who's simple, someone who is gullible, someone who is mindless, someone who is senseless, someone who's a mocker. Let me put it like this way. Fools have a deficiency of the heart fools have a deficiency of the heart. And here's why I want you to get this is that in Hebrew thinking, a heart is not just this physical thing here, but the heart is the seat of intellect, reason, decision-making character. And so in that means is that you have a deficiency of heart. You have a heart that's unable to, or deficient in making good decisions and wise decisions. Your character is going to be deficient. And so here, uh, in the, why in the wisdom in the wisdom literature, when it talks about deficiency of heart, it's not your heart here of like we think about movies that you're guided by your heart and the kind of romantic movies, you know, Hallmark stuff, not that, but a deficiency of heart. Do you have an intellect and reasoning and decision-making and character that is deficient? So if a fool continues in the deficiency of their heart and their character, what does it lead to? It leads to the foolish way, speech and behavior. So here's a few speeches that you'll hear. They have a deficiency in their, in their thought. It, their thoughts come out in their words. All right? It reveals their heart. They speak folly. They speak quickly. They slander others. They're quarrelsome. All right? So here's some verses for you. Proverbs chapter 10. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. You can see on the one hand this. On the other hand, this, the words of the godly encourage many, but the fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. On the one hand, this, on the other hand, this, the lips of the wise give good advice. The heart of a fool has none to give. The heart of a godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. The godly give good advice to their friends. This is why it's good to pick good friends. Godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Proverbs 17. This is one of my favorite verses. It was one that kind of came to light for me when I was beginning pastoral ministry. And someone said, hey, you need to take this somewhere and realize that most of the time we probably should just keep silent. And here's what it says. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. When their mouths are shut, they seem intelligent. Right? And in other words, if you don't talk, no one knows that you're really a fool. So, fool speech gives them away, the way that they treat other people, the way that they talk to other people, then also their behavior, They're arrogant. Proverbs 14, the wise are cautious and avoid danger, but fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. In other words, this is the person that says, you know what? 550 other people have gone this route and we've seen them fall and injure themselves, but I'm going to be the one that that doesn't happen to. You ever thought that? Yeah, it's arrogance. Proverbs 21 shows that the um, foolish people are not only arrogant, but they're also wasteful. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. It's this idea of it's foolish to keep digging a hole that you can't get out of. Right? You keep digging and digging and digging, thinking, hey, listen, I'm going to be able to get out. It's wasteful. Proverbs 26, an employer who hires a fool or a bystander is like an archer who shoots at random. Who wants that? No one wants to be around someone, an archer who just shoots at random. A dog returns to its vomit. That's appealing. You got your coffee and donuts going. You're like, um. Mm. But you've seen it, right? If you have a dog and they do their thing and then they, they run to it and you're like, that's gross. It's a vivid picture of foolishness. As they go back to it over and over and over again, there's more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. They're careless and unreliable except... To continue in their foolishness, the fool's speech and the fool's behavior gives them away into the life results that they get Think about this as a parent or grandparent. Here's some of this some deep stuff. It is painful To be the parent of a fool Let that just sit over you It's painful to be the parent of a fool There's no joy for the father of a rebel Foolish children bring grief to their father and bitterness to the one who gave them birth. In other words, fools bring grief and shame to the family. We know this to be true, right? We've ever experienced it or we've seen it. Fools are not listened to. They have no influence. What tells us in Proverbs 24, wisdom is too lofty for fools. Among leaders at the city gate, they have nothing to say. In other words, among people of influence, among people of wisdom and literature, they're sitting at the city gate and people would used to come to the city gate and talk about the decisions that should be made. Fools will show up and they have nothing to say. Even if they had something to say, people would not listen to them. Their, Their speech and their behavior has brought grief and shame even to the point that people won't even listen to the things that they have to say. So what then is the wise way? We see the foolish way. What's the wise way? a couple of words for you. One is Hulkmah. Get that coffee going. Hulkmah, All right. It's a way of life. It's a life skill. Again, this is why I don't know what's happening. Is that me? I know it's me, but who knows? I moved too far. So Hokma is a way of life. It's a life skill. That's why this is a relationship word. The more we spend time with God the Father, the more we spend time with Jesus, we begin to think and act and look and have the same appetites that they have. It's a life skill. It's something earned. That's why I learn. And that's why it's good to be hanging out with other believers that have along the road and have moved further down the road with you that you can learn from them. You can learn some of the pitfalls, again, because there's opportunities to, to see good, but also God has good gooder for us. And so there may become those places in the roads and someone else can that's before us can look back and say, Hey, that's, that's a good, but God has gooder for you. I know that's not good English. Okay. Has gooder for you, but the ability to conduct your life in the best way possible to adult well, so that the end of your life, when people reflect on the dash of your life, that they can say that you have a legacy of wisdom and not foolishness. That at the city gates of your funeral, that people will say, hey, that was a wise person. They have a left awake and a legacy of a life lived well, that they loved well, they cared well. And they, they have character in their heart was not deficient in character and wisdom. In other is musar, which is, means that they're receptive to instruction or training of character. In other words, they're coachable. They'll have people around them speak into them, and they'll allow themselves to be shaped and molded by others. Another word is binah, which is understanding, the the ability to discern between good and bad or better, good and gooder, uh, discernment. And then haskel, which is good sense and practical wisdom or righteous and equitable good judgment. So a wise person, if a foolish person has deficiency of heart, a wise person has a discerning heart. That the seat of their character is one of, that their intellect, their character, the wisdom here is a discerning heart that they can determine what's right and what's good. And it comes from God the Father. Again, he's whispering. And so they've learned to hear from the source of wisdom, which is God the Father. And for us, that's why we're pulling back the curtain on part of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. The wise way is the ability to discern between good and gooder. So how do we make ourselves wiser? The sources of wisdom is this. Wisdom is based on truth. John fourteen six, Jesus says, I am the way, the life, and the truth. There's an exclusivity to it. So we find wisdom, its source, in and from God. That the wisdom that we seek for life comes from him and him alone. So we find that in two ways. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says it this way. Maybe it's a verse that you've known. You grew up in church. Maybe you've even memorized this verse. It says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now again, you probably early on, you probably thought heart was this this hallmark channel thing. But this is really, he's saying, trust in the Lord with all of your heart mind the seat the character your intellect your reasoning like faith is not blind there's there's a there's a logic to it so trust in the lord with all your heart depend not on your own understanding seek his will and all you'll do and this is a continual seeking seek his will and all you do and he will show you which path you should take Again, we pray without ceasing. We also seek him without, without ceasing. This is the relationship part. You continually have a, every day you have a cup of coffee with God. You seek him, you know him, you get to know him and spend time with him. And that is the way of the wise, not the way of the fool. So the wise way is built on revealed truth, right? And a relationship with God and this continued seeking. So the results then of the good way of the wise way is a character. One, you're teachable and open to God's direction. Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. You know, we practice this in America. When someone gets whatever they need to know in third grade, they get to go to fourth grade. Some of you got to skip fourth grade, did you? No, right? Because you needed to learn the things in fourth grade. Then you needed to learn. There's foundational things. So instruct the wise and they will be made wiser. Teach the righteous. And they will learn even more. We're continually learning. So we're teachable, but we're also receive discipline. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects the child in whom he delights. Maybe you heard it this way as a child. Your parents were about to discipline you. And with tears streaming down your mother or father's face, they say, this hurts me, then it hurts you. Did you ever hear that? And sometimes you're thinking you're maybe you're rubbing your hiney back in the day. And you're like, I don't know how this hurts. I know that's a controversial thing now. But listen, in the old days, they used to do it. And so discipline. Um, We were creative, disciplined people at our house. And so um, one of the times I was coaching baseball team, won't tell you which boy it was, but um, he was he was we were we were having fun and and um, it was a game where I don't even remember if we won or lost, but um, a kid made, made an error or something, and my kid decided to say negative things about that kid. Although the previous week, he'd been complaining that people said negative things about him. So anyway, so after the game, I pulled him aside and said, hey, that's not how we act. That's not how we treat our teammates. We're all in this together. We're not going to be perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. If someone messes up, you're there to back them up, you know, yada, 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 all this stuff. And so he's like, I was like, all right, listen, you get the privilege of me being your dad and your coach. So now you get to run games over other teams warming up for their game. I'm like, you're going to run until I'm tired. And he looked at me and he said, so you're tired. And I said, yes. Like you running with me? No. And he did. And he ran. I don't know how many times he ran to the pole and back, but after a few times he stopped with tears in his face, and he's like, I get it. I was like, are you sure? You get it? And He's like, yes, I get it. And listen, for us as parents, for us as grandparents, for us as teachers and coaches, God the Father has the same thing with us. That there's moments with the tears in his high, eyes, he says, it pains me. That I have to discipline you because here 's the here 's the truth this God the father 's love for us is perfect, and so he is jealous for our affections, and so in those moments when for whatever reason our eyes get pulled onto something else and our affections go to some other God that we worship, we give value and worth to something else. God sees it bring pain and shame and regret and harm to our lives. He's jealous for our affections because he knows that because for that moment that we've been distracted by something else that gleams for just a moment, he knows that that is just a cheap trinket and that we're selling out our souls to that cheap trinket. And he's jealous for our affections because he knows he's the only one that can bring worth and value to our life. And so he disciplines us to draw us back. So in that moment when we see something glisten, we remember that moment that we had to run till he was tired. Because we realize that there's more important things in our Father's affection. He's jealous for us. And it draws our eyes back. And we can see between good and gooder. So someone that's wise. And have self-control and discipline and receives discipline and instruction and coaching. They also have someone that's self-control, that people with understanding control their anger and they have a hot temper. They show their foolishness. So what is the way of the wise versus the way of the fool? Proverbs 14:12. There's a path before each person that seems right. But in the end, it ends in death. So all of us in our life have two paths to choose. And here's what Jesus says, way of the wise, way of the fool, the way of God, the father or not, the way of Jesus or not. If you choose the way of Jesus, it's not only life here, but life eternal life to the fool life without pain, shame, regrets. and Even I was talking with someone the other day that sometimes making adult decisions can seem boring. But it also means less debt, better health, better decisions, better family life because you choose the path that God has for us. There's a path before each reason that seems right. Trust in the Lord and in his ways and lean not in your own understanding. There's a path that leads to life, but also a path that leads to death. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, again, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Continually seek him in all that you do, and he will show you the path that you can take. One of my favorite verses is Romans twelve two, and it says this, Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Literally, do not be conformed. Do not allow the world to press itself in on you and to conform you to look and act and think and love the things that the world thinks and acts and loves like. Don't be conformed to that, but let God transform you into a new person. In other words, have a new heart by changing the way you what? Think the seat of your intellect and reason and character and decision-making. And then when he begins to transform, then then what happens? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, there's quite a few times that people come and sit in my office and they say, hey, Pastor Chris, I've got a decision to make. And they talk about the decision, it's this way or this way. And I'm like, listen, they say, "Can can you pray with me about it? And I'll tell you, like almost 75% of the time, I'll look at them and honestly say, there's not even a need to pray about it. God's already predetermined. He's already told you in his word exactly what he wants for you. He wants you, he's already told you exactly where your affections and your eyes' attention and your heart's attention should be, but... You come to a pastor or you come to someone else, a friend that you think is religious, and so that you ask for them to kind of pat you on the back and, and, and make it okay for you to go this way. My desire as your pastor and your friend is not to lead you down a path down harm. And so there's some things that some of you are praying about and you're asking for wisdom, and the wisdom is right here. You don't have to pray about it. It's already been determined. So what God says, get to know him, spend time with him and get to know his words. So then you can make the decisions between not just bad and good, but good and gooder. God wants the gooder life for his children. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, I pray that everyone in this room today has already made that decision, that they've already decided in their heart of hearts, in their minds, in the seat of their intellect, they've already decided to trust in the Lord and to believe that what Jesus did on the cross is sufficient to cover over their sins and their imperfection. And that because of that decision, every single day is a day to drink coffee with you and to get to know you and to get to know your words and to know your affections for us. And, Father, to be drawn toward your path, toward your way, toward the direction that you have for us. And, that Father, even your word tells us the road to you and the road that you want to lead us down is a narrow road. And the Father that we confess this morning that sometimes we think we're smarter than you and we put in alternate directions thinking that we will be different than everyone else that's gone down that path. Father, I pray this morning as we just, we just confess that and those maps, we just throw them away. We burn them and say, Father, our direction Our destination is you. We just don't intend to, Father. We want to set one foot in front of the other toward you. Father, may our eyes be fully focused on the cross. May our eyes not be distracted by other things along the way that may gleam and may appear more attractive and more adventurous. But, Father, that we would just follow the narrow path to the cross. And to keep our eyes on that. Father, that as we walk that path, as many of us know, that that is the greatest adventure. That is the great reward. That is life to the full in that path. And we get to experience not just the good of God, but the gooder and the goodest. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Crosspoint Community Church podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Crosspoint Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.